I'm Kristen. And I'm Janae. And thank you for joining KJV, the Bible for Basics podcast. Where we tell you all your favorite Bible stories like they're your favorite reality TV shows. So sit down, take a seat, grab some water or maybe some wine, and let's get into this episode. So last episode, we dove into Proverbs 31 and broke down what it looks like to be a Proverbs 31 woman. So it's only fair that this episode, we break into Ephesians 5. Yes. So Ephesians 5, if you're not familiar, is typically where church people, quote unquote, church people, (laughs) will break down what it means to be a man of God. Proverbs 31 is like the female woman version of it. Ephesians 5 is the male version. So it's only right that we talk about it on this episode. Absolutely. And I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm so guilty because I be mad churchy sometimes. You dig through my social media far enough (laughs) and you will definitely see at least 12 different posts talking about Proverbs 31 woman in Ephesians 5 <laughs> man. man I eat oh y'all I even have it in a poem yeah oh it's that bad it's that serious <laughs> but like Janae said if we're gonna come for Proverbs 31 like we did last episode then now it's time to so what's the counterpart what does Ephesians 5 man really look like and how has what the church taught us in Ephesians 5 man differed from what we learned when we read the scripture ourselves yeah So Janae was studying and she has an amazing couple to like embody and show us and help us learn what Ephesians 5 looks like. Right. Take it away. So here we go, y'all. We're talking about Abram and Sarai, also known as Abraham and Sarah. That's how you know that they don't because they have AKAs. (laughs) They got AKAs. That's their business name, period. (laughs) (laughs) So if you went to VBS, Vacation Bible School, Sunday School like me, then you know the you know this dope song. Father Abraham mm. had many sons. Mm. Hey, hey, many sons. Hey. Father Abraham. Okay, yeah. so y'all know that song. <laughs> this is who we're talking about, okay? So Abram and Sarai. Okay, y'all, this is a messy, messy, messy couple, but I love them. Okay. Absolutely. So again, I'm going to preface this by saying don't come for my girl Sarai. Don't do it. Okay. Don't come for either one of them. Don't come for either one of them. Okay, so here we go. Boom. So the quick version of this is that Abraham was, he loved God. He loved him some God. He was faithful. He was doing all the right things. He was a man of God. God told him that he was going to have a son which doesn't seem like you know big deal only he was 88 when god told him this. yeah he was mad oh y'all he he didn't even like like he always liked god but he if you like look into the scripture he ain't even start like rocking with god like oh i'm gonna do this until he was 75 right <laughs> so he's been a good portion of his life right so literally he's 88 he has now like been promoted at all family events to like master grill <laughs> He got on his 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 grill master sandals. You know what I'm saying. Fourth of July pops around. Don't mess with the kid. All right, that's where he's at. I cannot. Um, his wife is equally as old. So when God beautiful, yes, but old, right, old as dirt. And so of course, when God tells them that they're going to have a kid, their natural reaction is 
nah, <laughs> like, you sure? Like, literally, Abraham's like, um, you know I'm old, right? <laughs> and so, long story short, um, God's like, I, I hear you, but I'm going to make this miracle happen through you. And he shows Abraham, like, listen, bro, I'm going to, like, give you so many kids from this one kid. Like, you're going to, like, be the, the father, father of many nations. Yes. He literally tells him, like, yo, have you ever tried to count the stars in the sky? Abraham's like, yeah, there's one, two. No, don't count them. That's how many descendants you finna have. Period. Period. I'd have tried to count them too, though. I'd have been like one, two, three, four, and then had to start over because I lost count. Yeah, I would have done it too. Right. Mm-hmm. So, long story short, this goes on. God never tells them when they're gonna have the kid. He just says in the future. So, of course, they trying. They, you know, they doing, you know, praise and worship, if you will, with each other. Um, you know, trying to make sure that they can have this baby, even though they don't. They don't really believe it wholeheartedly yet. So fast forward 15 years. Yes, that's right. Long time. 15 years they're waiting on this child. Of course, they're like, no, like, this is I don't have enough patience to wait like 12 minutes. Right. So I completely understand why they do what they do. Right. What you about to tell them. So Sarai comes up with this brilliant idea. And brilliant is in quotations because, y'all, it was stupid. It was real dumb. It was the dumbest idea. So she comes up to him and says, listen, I am old as dirt. I'm not having a baby, but I got this young bull. Okay. (laughs) There's this young girl who be around me. I'm like a mentor to her. You know, she looks up to me. She got them young fertile eggs. She a PYT. You seen her in, you know what I'm saying? A PYT. Yeah. Pretty young thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So she's like, listen, I'm going to let you go, go, go sneak a dip, dip into her. You know what I'm saying? She's going to be our surrogate. So basically, they were swingers. I said what I said. And so. <laughs> Never so thought about it like that. Listen, if you don't think Sarai was in that room watching the whole time, you oh, I mean, she got to keep him in check, though, right? Correct. Oh, because that's still her man, and she had no intentions of sharing him as a husband. She just said, "I want you to have this baby for us." So it was like Handmaid's Tale, you know oh what I'm saying? Oh my god! Oh. Yeah, yeah. That was an image I wasn't ready for. Right. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> so she tells Abraham this, and he's like, I don't know about it. She's like, yo, do you want this baby or not? Like, God promised us a baby. We, we got to make, make it, it happen. happen. It's taking forever. And so he's like, all right, I'm going to do it. Low key. Never mind. I'm going to keep my opinions to myself. But low key, he probably was like, all right, cool. The little pretty young day. Yeah, why? He was hyped. That's why he didn't argue. <laughs> right. <laughs> He didn't argue long. He argued long enough so like he wouldn't get in trouble later. Yeah, but that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm weak. So they do that. Um, Hagar is the young girl, and she gets pregnant and has his baby, a son, Ishmael. So Ishmael and Hagar are living their best life in the same, you know, in the same house as as Abraham and Sarai. And God is like, yo, why did y'all do that? I, I told you I was going to make the promise happen. And I said it was going to be through your wife. Like, why would you do that? So they fast forward. They ended up having their own baby, Abraham and Sarai, and they named him Isaac. And so Isaac comes and Isaac and Ishmael and Hagar are hanging around and it just starts to become awkward. It was way awkward. And Sarah gets all jealous. Right. Of course. As but we it was do. her idea. As we do. She gets so mad over a problem that she basically created. Right. But, you know. Because uh, women, that's what we do. Absolutely. You know? 
Anyway, and so Sarai goes to him and is like, listen, either they go or I go. Who you going to pick, period, Pooh? And literally says, like, (laughs) choose between me and your firstborn son. And so Abraham kind of goes to God and is like, yo, okay, I messed up and I did not listen to you and I was not patient. So um, what do you want me to do? And God is like, well, listen to your wife. She, she wants him to leave. So he packs up a donkey. He packs up food for all of them. And he sends away Hagar and Ishmael. And it's literally the last time he sees his son. And so that's essentially like the part of the story that we want to talk about today, because I know that may not sound like, okay, how is this an example of a good good man? Like what? How? So Kristen, tell us, how is Abraham an Ephesians five man? Because he sounds like a dirtbag. He does sound like a a dirtbag. So we have to remember that that Ephesians 5 talks about being a leader. So I'm actually going to read this scripture for us. And if you pull up the notes for this episode, you will see all the references to every single scripture that we talk about today. In case you're trying to follow it along on your own. All right. So the part of Ephesians that we love to talk about Ephesians 5, starting at at verse 22, it says, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. So it says right here that, that the husband is the head. And then if we fast forward a little bit to 25, husband loved your, your wives Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy by cleansing her, washing with water through the word. So that is the the big picture that you get when you're those couple verses right there looking at a husband. Right. And so what I've seen, I can say for me growing up in church, what I've seen those verses being used for is to like make women meek and like weak and make them... um, Oh, well, the only thing you're meant to do is be a wife and wives don't talk. They don't say anything. They don't, you know, um, they, they're to be seen and not hurt type of thing. And especially like the generation before mine, that was definitely used for that. But when I read this as an adult, Kristen, I was literally like, that's not what this is talking about. Not at all. Not at all. This scripture, when I read it, it is talking about a man who who is a leader. Right. And if you you look into the scripture, the funny part is we we you even said it. We start at verse 22. But verse 21 right right before that says submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So it right before it tells a wife to submit to a husband that a husband should be submitting to a wife also. Um, So actually that verse is talking about all people who follow Christ It's saying like all believers should be submitting one to another. Absolutely. Absolutely. So circle that back around as to why Abraham is an embodiment of Ephesians 5, because he did take charge of his family and he submitted to his wife just as she submitted unto him. It took an act of selflessness to be able to send his child away. Granted, it was her bad idea, but ultimately the plan was for God. um, God had the plan for them to have a child together. 
Right. And so when Ishmael becomes a problem for Abraham and his wife and the vision and the purpose that God gave for him, a leader takes authority and takes charge and does the right thing to get you back in alignment with the purpose of God and the, the purpose that God has for your life and your family. And that's exactly what Abraham did in this situation. Right. Because we have to remember, this is a guy that like, he wanted a kid for a long time. In this time, like you weren't nobody, you weren't nothing until you had like an heir to your throne essentially and he had he was he was well off he had money he had a wife he had all these different things but the one thing he didn't have was someone to pass it along to and here he is aging so he loved Ishmael like you gotta understand like he was a father he wanted to be a father and so this was a dream come true not just for him but for his wife and so for him to like send his child away that's a huge thing because Again, that just shows that how submitted he is because understand the definition of submission. Again, like for me, the way that I was raised and the way that I heard these verses was submission was like giving up everything and you get nothing in return. But when I looked it up, submission actually just means to present a proposal. And it just means like to present an idea to serve the vision of the house. Serve is the word that people tend to think of when they hear submission. And serve means to perform duties. So like a servant or things like that. That's not what God is asking for many of his children in reference to like how we treat each other. He's asking us to just present a proposal, present an idea to one another to agree upon so that the main vision of the kingdom of God can come true. Absolutely. That that's so good because just the same thing that you said when I was growing up, I would always hear and and I talked about it last episode too, Proverbs 31 would be paired with this and it would be in like this vision of oh the wife stay at home, she ain't got nothing to say and and wives you better do what that man tell you to do cuz he the head of this house. Uh, you going to no. do what he says and that's that's how it was always presented, but like you said it, it's like we've gotten the definitions um of words mixed up or we interchanged ideas that are not interchangeable when we read this uh, I mentioned already that Ephesians 5 man and and what it's saying to do is a man who leads it tells us in this verse right here again that that he loves his wife as Christ has loved the church so we are to submit to a man who loves his wife as Christ loved the church Christ sacrificed Mm mm-hmm Christ gave up his life for the church. So that means that a husband should be dying to himself and his own wills and his own selfishness. And when I was looking into this um, a little farther, again, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, okay, he sacrifices like Christ, Christ sacrificed. Um, how is someone who's so sacrificial a, a leader? How is he the head? And I, I realized that what we've done is we've traded the idea of leader for ruler mm. and we confuse the two. But if you go back to Genesis 3.16, right after, you know, Adam and Eve ate the apple, the original <laughs> sin, we had to be punished for the rest of our lives because they're crazy and ruined it for everybody. Um, Genesis 3.16 says, to the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe with painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. The, the word ruler means control, dominion over an area or people. The word leader means to lead by example and take right. initiative. So we have confused leader for ruler, but ruling over someone is a result 
of sin, where leadership is a result of obedience. And that's the difference here when we read this scripture and something that we need to remember. And it is something that Abraham, um, he embodied that. He was a leader. He was not a ruler. He led by example, by following God and God's purpose. Another thing that, that makes the Bible makes clear, and you can add your thoughts on this, Janae, that Mm -hmm. leaders are not self-serving. Right. Rulers are. Leaders worry about those around them. Abraham did that. If you dig more into the story, not only was he worried about his life, he took care of his his trash little nephew. Right, Lot. <laughs> yes, he had Lot this nephew. So trash. He had this nephew named Lot, and he like Abraham accumulated all this wealth and stuff as he's like traveling and following God's purpose, mm-hmm. and he like just gave a bunch of it to Lot. And then when they were like button heads, he was like, look, look, bro. I'll like, move. Yeah, I'll move. You stay here and you take this land. That is a leader. That is an example of someone who is choosing like the betterment of other people before his own selfishness. That's not a ruler. Right. So with all of this being connected, um, what what do you think that we need to like reevaluate in the way that we approach this scripture there's a couple things i think we need to reevaluate for real for real one of the biggest things is the definition of love because we talked about servitude and all those things but the other thing that that scripture talks about is wives loving their husbands but we also have to understand like why he chose those words for for husbands and wife we have to remember that in these scriptures he's telling the husbands to love their wives and the wives to respect their husbands but he never interchanges them Mm. and the reason why and we have to realize the reason why number one women need love it's how we are able to activate our respect and our submission for someone else like think of it this way when you need to meet another woman most times, especially if you want to be her friend, the first thing you're going to do is find something on her body to compliment. Oh, her I do face. that all the time. I'd be like, girl. Yes. Matter of fact, you got to ask anyone who knows me. One of my favorite <laughs> things to do when someone walks in a room is, girl, why are you so fine? Right. Every time. That's what we do. Right. We're going to compliment your nails, your outfit, your body, if your hair. Even if we don't actually mean yeah, it exactly. Probably, we might lie. If we want to be your friend, we're going to compliment yeah. you. Why? Because we're showing love. Right. And and men, when they meet, one of the first things they ask each other is, what do you do? Yeah. What is your position? I ain't never heard no man walk up to a man he just met and be right. like, man, bro, I love your hair. Right. <laughs> bro, where you get your line up at? It doesn't happen. <laughs> they don't do that. Now, after I know you, I might be like, hey, yo, where you get those sneakers? Like, they yeah, might do that yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But I'm men don't weak. do that. And that's, the reason why he, and that's the reason why it says that. And we also have to remember that there are different types of love. So when he's commanding husbands to love their wives like Christ loved the church, it's that agape love. There are four types of love. So just br- to break it down real quick for y'all. Philo is brotherly love. That's where we get Philadelphia from. Storge is family love. Eros is romantic. And agape is unconditional. So unconditional is the only one that comes from God, right? And so when he's saying love your wives like Christ loved the church, Christ freaking died, y'all. He died willingly, Mm -hmm. not because he wasn't strong. He died. And so literally he's saying, husbands, die for your wife. Period. That's what he's saying. And so men, and so here's a quick lesson. Men, if you don't, if she's not worth dying, 
She's not your wife. She she's leave that not girl alone. Wife. If you can't if you can't picture yourself sacrificing your life for her, like your physical life for her, leave that girl alone. She's not the one. Absolutely. And ladies, if he doesn't feel comfortable, like if you're if his love for you doesn't um, make you want to submit to him, he is not the one. If he doesn't, if his love for you doesn't make you want to give him ideas on how to combine your lives, reach goals, be personally better than you were yesterday, he's not the one. So let me let me like just clarify what I think I just heard you say. Okay, that it is obvious sacrifice from a man. That causes submission. Absolutely, love is a it's it it's it's a response to the catalyst. Mm, so submission is response to the sacrifice. Correct. That's so good. That is so good. Yeah. So submission is literally a result of sacrifice, and so as the church. We love to harp on submit. Yeah. We love to harp on submit, and we we fail to. Uh, pick apart, teach, and learn what leadership and sacrifice looks like um, from the husband. And it is something that we as the church messed up, the world took and perverted even more. Right. Because there's this idea, and it, and it all comes back to that, that original sin. There's this idea that, like, like, men have to rule with, like, authority and that is... That is loud and bold and right. aggressive, and right. that's not true. Matter of fact, everything that we just said proves that indeed the opposite, right. that leading is sacrificial and mm-hmm. selfless, and that is what causes us to s- submit. And when I was looking at this, again, we already talked about how verse 21 says submit to one another. So when you keep reading, it's already told us to submit to one another. Right. So why is it that it tells wives specifically Submit to your own husbands to love the Lord. It's already told us both to submit, but now we have to call out wives wives directly. And then it tells husbands to love your your wife as Christ loved the church, which obviously is sacrifice. The reason that we have to get those direct demands after you just told us to submit to each other, that could have been just, okay, we're done. Yeah. The reason that we have those direct demands, it goes all the way back to that that fall in Genesis that I was talking about. Um, it says that our our desire would be for our husband, and it it basically, if you read that that whole um, section there right after mm-hmm. the fall, is it tells us clearly that that we're always going to disagree with him. <laughs> it literally says that we're going to disagree with him. We're going to want him, but we're going to disagree with him. And then he's going to want to rule over us. So that little section right there where it's telling us to submit to our husbands and it's telling husbands to love your wife as Christ has loved the church. It's because it's the sin has caused us to naturally want to be pitted against each other right it's caused women to want to mother and nitpick these men because they love them and they want them but they want to shape them and mold them the way that they see that they should be so it's a reminder to us hey you sinful little apple eating women (laughs) submit to these men it can't always be your way you don't have to parent them you don't get to mother them yeah and these men who as a result of sin want to rule over us it's a reminder to them yeah you want to rule over them but the godly thing the obedient thing to do is to sacrifice for her yeah and i think abraham really showed that because we have to understand 
although that idea that Sarai gave was didn't pan out for them, he still was willing to hear her. That's not something that a ruler would do. That's someone who is submitted to God and submitted to his wife and committed like to their relationship the way that God formed it. The fact that he was willing to hear and he took that into consideration, that is not only submission, that's good leadership as well. Absolutely. And so the fact that she felt comfortable and bold enough to have those ideas and submit those, he could have easily said, you know, hey, no, I don't think that's a good idea and really put his foot down and said, no, I'm not going to do that. But he didn't. It doesn't mean that the process that they went through to get there wasn't correct. And I do want to also point out, too, as well, in that same verse that we've been going back to, uh, wives, submit to your husbands. Please understand there is a word in between that that says submit to your own husband. Your own. It doesn't say submit to men. It doesn't say submit to anybody with a penis. It says submit to your husband. So not, please not understand. Not your, your friend's husband. Right, not your friend's <laughs> husband. Not your boss. Because what I want you to point yes. look, someone pointed this out to me one time and it offended me because, you know, huh, like, <laughs> XO over here or whatever, you know, little had a little promiscuous days in my life. Someone pointed out to me that if I didn't marry that man somebody else would and so even if he wasn't a husband yet I still slept with somebody's husband and I was mad offended by that I was mad offended but I think that's important to point out not a penis not somebody else's husband you better submit to your own husband listen don't even it doesn't even say submit to your boyfriend hello no even if you plan on marrying him the word boyfriend in the bible does it say boyfriend in the bible never (laughs) okay so please understand until you got a ring on that finger girl Mind your business. Mind your business. Stop giving wife benefits to a boyfriend, okay? So those ideas that you have for his life, keep them to yourself. Hello? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it says a wife is to submit. Her proposal. Remember, submit is a proposal. It's a proposal of ideas. Yeah. So if that's not your husband, keep your ideas to your daggone self. Mind your own business. Absolutely. Her. Absolutely. All right. All this talking that we're we're doing, I know we're kind of jumping around with this story of Abraham, but y'all, it's because in the Bible, it's chapters Genesis or uh, it's Genesis 12 through 25. And that's a lot of chapters to share with y'all in 30 minutes. So we're jumping around a little bit and you have to deal with it. So one thing, it was so funny because I was like studying for this, Janae. Mm -hmm. And I read this article about couples of the Bible and it named Abraham as number two worst husband ever. What? And this is why. And it's a a solid point I want to point out to the ladies in regards to their Ephesian five man. So, for those of you who do not know, this man, who we're saying is the great husband, on two different occasions, went into a city. (laughs) Okay? Yeah, this is bad. Okay, it is bad. He went into a city, right? And he was afraid because Sarah was old as dirt, yes, but she was beautiful. she was fine. She was... She was... She was definitely melanated because black oh, yeah. don't crack, baby. Black don't crack. She was 100%. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah, she she ain't look like Yeah, me. she pulled she up and they were like, how old are you? Oh, you, I'm, see, have you seen I'm that? wrinkly already and I'm only 31, <laughs> I so I you. know that she wasn't I white. There's no way. Have you seen the that old? Side note, have you seen that grandma who is like 70 on social media? She's no. a black woman and she is like built like a Spartan. No, I have And she has look. like this gorgeous silver that hair. Was, that was and like, Sarah. Like for real, for real, like even in her, like just look at her face, she looks no older than 35. And she's like in her 70s. And I'm like, bro. That 
wasn't. <laughs> no, yeah, because I that told y'all, I'm wrinkly with gray hair, and I'm 31. Lord, help me pray for me. And I'm single, but I'm still fine. So any of y'all, okay, look, see, off topic. Uh, so anyway, back to why um, this article said he was a trash husband. So there was two different times for y'all, y'all who don't know the story. He went into a city, and he was afraid for his life because his wife was beautiful, and he knew kings, kings of that time, they were known for just taking what they wanted. Period. And so he was like, oh, dang, you know, my wife is real fine, and these kings, they have power, and they're just going to take her from me. And if they know that I'm her husband, they're going to kill me because they want that thing. Right. And so I'm in a way. And so his his uh, resolution to this issue of my wife being fine and this king's going to take her and I'm in the way because I'm her husband is to lie and say, well, that's my sister. That's not really my wife. That's my sister. Trash. And it was absolutely so selfish of him. It was so selfish to, he literally, like, he's called to sacrifice himself for her, yet he's right. sacrificing his wife to save his own tail in yep. both of these situations, and he didn't trust, trust trust God. So, why is it that he's still in Ephesians 5 men? Man, because even Ephesians 5 men make bad mistakes. Yep. There are going to be times where they're selfish and they choose them over you. It doesn't negate the fact that they're a good man. Yeah, It's a good man who made a bad decision. He still loved God. He still submitted to God. He still... Um, he still wanted the vision that God for his life and when God corrected him he was like all right let's try to get back on track yeah granted he did it again that was an area of weakness for him but that's what I need y'all women to know out there y'all we do it Janae we love to do it we we want we want this we want that and then we have it, and these dudes make one mistake, and we throw, throw in, them away. We throw He's away trash. a good man. He's yeah. trash. Now, granted, in 2021, if you try to sacrifice me to another man to save your butt, I'm not sure that I'm down for that. But it was a different <laughs> culture back then, so we have to understand that Abraham's bad decision did not make him a bad husband. He yeah. was still a leader, and she still submitted to him after he like apologized, and they moved forward, you right. know? Yeah, and I think I I 100% agree with you, Kristen. Like, we in this generation, like, as women, we have to stop throwing away these men just because they do one or two things that we don't agree with. I see often on social media, girls have all these requirements, and if he does this, and if he doesn't do that, and if he does this, and if he doesn't do that, listen, even your perfect man ain't perfect. You know what I think it is? I think it is a generation of unhealed women, and in the guise of boundaries, it's, it's really just, like, a way to isolate yourself yeah they they say it's a boundary they say it's a standard i'm not gonna lower my standard but really it's coming from a place of being brokenness and so it looks good like oh i'm not gonna lower my standard oh i'm not gonna let him get away with this but it's really just an inability to reconcile communicate and like grow together yeah a standard isn't there to like force your partner to do and participate in things that they may or may not want to do that's not a standard that is ruling over your husband or spouse or partner a standard is there to not leading right and not leading and a standard is actually there to maintain order and peace and to keep guidelines so that people don't get hurt or like 
die like that's what a standard is there for and so if your standard is just like if he don't take me to nobu after our second date then he ain't it well sis nobody's ever gonna be it except for you right yeah absolutely (laughs) absolutely that's a whole word right there and it's something that i personally like have struggled with for for those of you who who don't know janae and i are on a celibacy journey and i have been bouncing back and forth with this celibacy now y'all let me remind you she about to be a wife we know what that means but I have been back and forth with this celibacy journey for a very long time and what I miserably got wrong the first two attempts and my longest spouts of celibacy each of those attempts were two and a half years before um I fell but where I got wrong is I was not setting boundaries I was hiding Mm -hmm. I was living in the guise of I'm not gonna deal with these men I'm not gonna deal with their crap and y'all not gonna use me y'all not gonna take advantage of me you're not gonna disrespect me and whole time I was doing absolutely nothing to heal from the brokenness that those standards were coming from obviously I don't want to be used abused and disrespected yeah but I was setting these unrealistic expectations of what dating should look like because I had an inability to heal and communicate and reconcile absolutely and I think if you're look if you're somebody who's looking to see like are my standards just my preferences or do I even have standards or like you know I'm trying to start getting standards how do I do that I think Ephesians 5 is good to start because one of my favorite things that I love about Ephesians 5 that I didn't notice until recently is verse 31 and it says for this reason a man will leave his father and mother Mm. and will be joined to his wife and the two will become one flesh sounds simple everybody understands that you'll hear it at every single christian wedding you've ever heard in fact you'll probably hear it at mine absolutely (laughs) what i realized in looking at this again is is that you could if you're a single person you have no prospects you can use that verse as a standard if he's not willing to Mm. leave his father and mother to join with you he's not the one that's a standard that like you can literally see that and when you meet men and you and i'm not talking about them just living with their parents but you have a man who calls his mom every time he goes to the bathroom and he has to tell his mom everything and and you know he was raised a single mother and so he has to be the husband to his mom and he's not willing to leave her alone he's not willing to like not have her be a part of every single thing in his life oh my that's god that's so- what i'm gonna do to cameron you are oh, and that Jesus. is that is so <laughs> that is is someone you don't want to be joined to and so if you start to notice those things that's a standard for you period that's a period standard. Poo, okay period and so you and can use Jabria that voice yeah yeah yes. yes. we, we stand Jabria. uh yeah <laughs> um that's that's so good and to add on to that that also means that he's willing to leave the boys he's willing to leave right. the, the whatever it is that he's cleaved to before you come into his life because you might be dating a good man who don't have any family that's right. possible so so it doesn't if he ain't got no family to leave what is he cleaved to what is he attached to that does not mean he can't have friends that does not mean but what i am telling you guys is that if there is not sacrifice and compromise then then there is something wrong and that's from both parties right if there's not if you think that your life is going to look exactly the same as it does now and then you join it with somebody else and nothing's going to change you got it twisted the only way to join your life with somebody is that both of you have shifts compromise and sacrifice and so whatever whatever he is cleaved to that is not his wife 
that gotta go baby right right and further to prove that abraham is a man of of ephesians 5 top two worst no he's not (laughs) whoever wrote that gotta fight me like square up period but but the reason why even using that same example he was willing to leave his past for his wife Mm -hmm. he let go of his first born son he did because his wife asked him to out of a problem that she started that she had an issue with like and i know that this story is hard to stomach for our our non-safe li- listeners who right. stumbled across this it's really hard to comprehend like how this man's gonna leave his child and all of, i it, it is even reading this um like the first couple times i read it as an adult like i as an adult i was grieved right. like what you mean this man you a dead baby yeah however <laughs> i want to point out that God gave them a vision, a blessing, a promise, and yeah. God honored even their mistake. Yeah. Um, it is believed, with you, if you study out the history of the Bible, um, there's 12 tribes of Israel that uh, as eventually resulted from Isaac, which is Abraham's son with, with Sarah, his wife. But um, it is also believed that 12, 12 tribes resulted from Ishmael. Yeah. And you can read in the Bible where it specifically says he will also be the father of many nations. So even though... Side note, that's where Muslims came from. Yeah. But we'll talk about that in a different way. <laughs> that's a whole different... <laughs> um, that's a whole different podcast. Woo! But, but I just wanted to point out the importance of that because Abraham's heart was grieved and so was mine when I was reading that. But God gave them a promise. God gave them a vision. And when a leader, an Ephesians 5 man, submitted to the promise of the Lord, because that's the most important thing to remember. An Ephesians 5 man is submitted to the purpose and the promise of God. When Abraham submitted to that, yeah. Ishmael was still blessed. Yeah. The the bad decision that they made, God still took care of him, blessed him, and and like made sure he was covered because he promised Abraham something and Abraham went about it the wrong way mm-hmm. and then decided to to get back on track, to to get back in line with the vision that God gave him. So God still took care of whatever else was left behind. Yeah. The last standard that I do want to bring up to y'all too as well that you can get from this, again, if you're someone who's looking for a standard. Kristen read this verse earlier, but 27, it says, he did this to present the church to himself in Mm. splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. And the he that they're talking about in this verse is Christ. Talking about Christ presenting the church, you and I, um, to himself without spot, wrinkle, and blameless. And that's another standard for those of you who are single, because if a man is not trying to honor like other people's view of you, and if he is not looking to like make you seem pure in their eyes then he that that's a standard so you see those men those rappers who are like oh telling their girl to shake their booty or like show their boobs on ig live and all that all that stuff that's not an ephesians 5 man i don't care if he buys her a birkin i don't care if he tells her you 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 a glacier i'm icy period i don't care like what he says if he's not trying to make sure that she looks like good and has a good reputation among other people that's that's not that's not Ephesians five man he he, no. he ain't for you period he not for you to to read that that verse again the verse twenty six uh, Ephesians five and twenty six to make her holy cleansing her 
by the washing with water through the word. Yeah. He is speaking the like life over this woman right. and he is he is honoring her and exemplifying her in private and in public. He <laughs> is like that's just what it is. You know, I just thought about this really funny to me. What? I don't know oh, if y'all Lord, are gonna think this funny. But that just reminded me of like, you know your grandma had that China cabinet where nobody's allowed to touch it. <laughs> And, like, as a kid, you're like, why can't, like, why is this here then? Like, it's just sitting here, literally. <laughs> I still have one in my parents' Correct, house. right. Like, that's what it reminds me of, like, Ephesians 5, man, he just, like, puts her in the china cabinet. It's like, nobody touch her. Nobody touch her. Don't She's you use it. <laughs> She's beautiful. She's beautiful. I just want to walk past her every single day for 40 years and never use it. It's like, you're so dumb. <laughs> why? <laughs> I hope my husband sees me as precious China. Right, but also, like, someone treat me like that. Like, <laughs> Yes, that's really weird, but also, can I be China? Right. Can I be an unused plate? <laughs> just put me, hey, baby, just put me in your cabinet for 40 years. So one last little thing that I just want to, like, put a bow on all of this mm-hmm. is um, my homie, Pastor Michael Todd, Woo-hoo. loves to say this. Uh, shout out, Big Mike. Listen to this one day, okay? <laughs> Uh, he loves to say submission is to be sub under the mission. Yeah. So that's literally the only thing that matters. A a wife is submitted to is under the mission of an Ephesians five man, and an Ephesians five man is a man who is under the mission of God. Yeah. That's it. Cool. Period. <laughs> Period. Well, thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you guys for watch, for listening, for watching, for listening and watching. For where are you watching this at? Are you in, um, in in the window right now? What is this? And trying the outro again in three, two. That's it, y'all. So thank you so much for joining us today, and we will catch you next time. See ya. You've been listening to a Believer Entertainment production.